Kelly, your resident farm girl turned ambitious dreamer, food insecurity advocate, and Miss America competitor, flipping the story of who you are and who you can become. Talking to normal people, people who have inspired me, people who have faced their fears, and ultimately people who have taken an opportunity and made something of it. From former pageant queens to food insecurity experts, farmers, and educators, my hope is to show you what is possible, regardless of where you come from. Places shape you, but they don't define you. Let's chat about locale and make the world a little more local. Welcome to the podcast. We are live in Liberia in Costa Rica in the Guanacaste province. And I'm here today with Carla at our last dinner time with Carla before I depart Costa Rica for home. Hi, my name is Carla Willoughby and I am the course coordinator for the Mizzou Journalism Project. I have been traveling for the last two weeks in different parts of the Bellbird Biological Corridor with a group of 10 Missouri journalist students. So I live in Monteverde, Costa Rica, and I have a number of different jobs in different fields, but mainly I'm an educator. I teach online as a French teacher. I've also taught online as a Spanish teacher for the state of North Carolina, and I work with students in university settings in Costa Rica where they are on a global program. So the state of North Carolina, is that where you are from, and what was your experience like growing up in the United States? So I am actually originally from Virginia, outside of Washington, D.C., in a town called Leesburg, Virginia. The last place I lived in the United States was in Asheville, North Carolina, and that was about nine years ago uh, when I lived there last. The place that I was born and raised is was in Virginia. What is the biggest life lesson that you carry with you today from the place that you grew up? So where I grew up in Leesburg, Virginia, I lived on the edge of some suburban development. Uh, Through the course of my childhood and into my teenage years, I saw a lot of changes in terms of uh, farmland turning into a lot of suburban development. And one thing that is really special about my time growing up in Virginia was that we lived on the edge of a lot of woods and farmland. And so as a child, my days were very much involved, especially in the summertime, going and roaming the woods and playing with neighbors in our neighborhood outside. I feel like that feeling of connection with nature around me um, really influenced me and made me um, realize how connected I feel to the natural world. And so that's influenced me throughout my life in terms of always choosing professions and education in which I am connected to some form of environment mental education. So what would you say is the biggest thing people don't understand about the environment or the biggest misconception they have about their role in the bigger environment? Well, I think as a child, when I was in third grade, my mother and I went and did a science project together, you know, for a science fair. And the project that we did was uh, a botanical one. So what we did is we had this tiny little tree book um, and walked around the 
acreage around my house and identified probably at least 30 different species of trees. And I remember getting the the leaves and f- together we found out what the tree was and we put a special kind of like contact or wax paper on poster board and I mounted it. And I remember I won like honorable mention or something in the science fair, but I always remember that process of learning the trees. And that meant that as a young child, I had a sense of biodiversity. See the development that happened in my area and see trees being taken down and new ones put up where it was mainly like the same species. And so I just felt this, I had a connection to the sense of what the native plants were in the area. And I feel like that's something, an interest that I've carried with me. That was very formative. And not only that, but just having the trees themselves be play things where, you know, going into a forsythia bush in the springtime was like a little fort or picking the buckeyes from the tree or finding them in the shells and we played games with the buckeyes or climbing up a pine tree and counting each layer of branches as like a different story and getting up to like the 22nd story and looking out over telephone wires and I see development progress over my lifetime how much uh, people and trees and landscapes get altered and people don't necessarily realize everything that's being lost. And in Costa Rica, I know from my experience in the last two weeks and my previous study abroad here is that environmental education is really important. Was that one of the main reasons that drew you into coming to Costa Rica for the first time and now living here? Or what was that main factor? You had asked earlier too how my upbringing in Virginia influenced my life. And another part of that is that I became friends with uh, someone, uh, my friend Andrea. And when I went to her house to visit her, her family spoke German and Spanish and English. And I really remember that Um, for the first time hearing a foreign language in someone's home and felt very intrigued by it and um, immediately felt like it was like a superpower that uh, I really wanted to know how to speak in another language and I thought it was so cool and interesting and uh, at the time I ended up when I was in middle school I chose French which led me off into a study abroad program in high school and that led me into being bilingual French and English and eventually in college I took up Spanish Um, and it was actually after I had graduated from college I was working in DC I was working as an intern for a newsletter that was reporting about Latin American um, political and economic affairs in the DC area like how they were related to the US and in Chinatown and I my friend Andrea at that time had she was born in Costa Rica and she had moved back to Costa Rica and I knew that she was working in something related to botany and while I was in the city in in Chinatown in the summer and it was hot and I remember looking out and thinking you know I had a vision of like green lush mountains and thinking I really want to go and visit Andrea I want to go to Costa Rica (laughs) 
And so I ended up, this was sort of pre-internet time, I ended up booking a flight and calling her internationally and t- giving her the dates for when I was coming to visit her. And and so I ended up coming to visit her and stayed and traveled and actually met my now husband. Um, and also on a subsequent trip to Costa Rica again to, to visit her, ended up finding out about a school where environmental education was integrated into the the teaching and it was in a bilingual environment and so my interest in languages and interest in environmental education and interest in teaching I ended up deciding to apply to the school and that school was in Monteverde and I got a job and eventually when I was so then I was 24 and I moved to Costa Rica So what was it like moving to Costa Rica? What was the perception from your family and friends back in the States? And how did you make that adjustment here? At the time when I made that decision, I don't remember feeling a lot of pushback or resistance from my family. Uh, I think they probably saw it as a a good opportunity for me. I'm sure they did not want me to leave or go that far away. But at that time, it felt really like, okay, well, I'm off on my this adventure. I'm I'm young and, you know, it might be a year or two. And I think that at that time in my life, I would not have expected to still be in Costa Rica, even though I did go back to the States for a a big chunk of time. Um, It did not start out with the intention of being a life-changing experience. So how would you, you said it's a life-changing experience. What is the biggest piece of advice that you would give to other, you know, beginning people in their careers, college graduates who are considering making a big move or a big career change like you did? The advice is you don't really know which decision of the ones you make is going to be the one that maybe keeps you in a place. So, for example, when I made that choice to come and work in Monteverde, I I didn't realize at the time how connected I would feel to the community. Um, at that time, I stayed for a three-year period of time. We were trying to make it work in the U.S. and see, you know, how. Our family as a bicultural, bilingual family would would grow. And for both my husband and I, Monteverde just was always in the back of our minds or maybe the forefront of our minds and, and hearts. And and there were some there were a lot of difficulties that could be a whole other podcast <laughs> in terms of just cultural differences and cultural perceptions of Latinos. Um, one thing that I have seen on this trip that I'm really interested in hearing more about is oftentimes like you will tie creativity and nature together. So what do you think living in an environment that is very natural focused, Monteverde is probably the one place that I've been in where you are surrounded by so much green and biodiversity and life zones and just different aspects of a diverse ecosystem that we don't necessarily get back home in Missouri. Um, So how has creativity played a part in nature and nature and creativity. I have a story from when I taught art in the bilingual school where I used to work. I remember one of my students, we were doing a mosaic project and she came up and she was so frustrated because she couldn't figure out what she wanted to do. And she was thinking so hard and she just couldn't figure it out. And I said to her, I said, you know, you need to just stop thinking and just go do something else and forget about it. And an idea will come to you, you know, just stop thinking about it. I forgot that I had said that to her and she sort of went off and it was the next day, but I remember she came up to me and she said, Carla, you know that thing you told me to do? It worked. 
And I was like, what? What did I tell you to do? <laughs> and then I realized she was talking about how I had said for her to just stop thinking about what she was going to do. For me, creativity is it's a state of mind. And I feel like that state of mind in which you can have um, new thoughts emerge or new experiences emerge uh, is a similar state of mind from compared to like if you're in nature and you allow yourself to stop thinking and just observe and be in the moment and engage all of your senses in you know you know what you're feeling around you in the wind or in the colors that you're seeing or the sounds of the birds or the sound of a stream or um, the smells from trees and and so I feel like all of that sensory input is really part of how we evolved as humans and how and I believe that all of that intelligence in nature um, really affects our own intelligence and well-being and so like the more you surround yourself with that and can immerse in it I feel like you elevate your mind and and spirit and and so not that you can't be creative in um, an environment that doesn't have that, but I feel like that it just lends itself to um, heightened awareness and creativity and forming new ideas. That reminds me a lot of the moments of silence we would have in all the different places, whether it was the cloud forests or on the boat in the mangroves. Our professor would always have us take a moment of silence so that we could really absorb the environment around us. You've said many times that you identify as a Tico in a lot of different ways. What is that like? Gringa is, you know, because I'm female, but gringa, Tica. (laughs) Spanish lessons, everyone. (laughs) You know, I... I'm definitely a gringa. I mean, I've I've was raised in the United States. I, English is my more comfortable language. Uh, all you know, the my schooling was in in the United States, and my family is from the United States. At the same time, now I've lived, I guess, half of my life, not necessarily in Costa Rica, but in Costa Rica plus married to a Costa Rican. So that marriage is a big part of that feeling of being Costa Rican because I always have Costa Rican input and I'm always speaking Spanish and I, you know, I haven't lived my whole adult life in Costa Rica. I've lived, um, I guess it's been 12 years of my adult life in Monteverde. And, and so I feel like the beauty of being in two different cultures is maybe being able to choose which parts of each culture you are are proud of and identify with and at different moments those can be different things with being Costa Rican or feeling more Costa Rican it may be in a way that I decide to prepare my food that night or it may be the way I joke with someone in Spanish mm-hmm. or even knowing that I can turn on YouTube and listen to a famous Costa Rican comedian and understand all of the little cultural puns and sayings and just laugh hysterically and being able to understand all of it. Pop culture in the U.S. has sort of faded from my knowledge as I've learned more or, or kind of been more in Costa Rican culture. I like being able to pop in and out of both cultures and, and feel culturally fluent. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, this will be our last question, but something that's been that you've talked about a lot is how the environment of Costa Rica aligns more with the values that you have for yourself, as well as the values that are important, how you want to raise your son, how has your values, how have you gotten to know yourself more by being surrounded in an environment that makes you more creative? The values, and I don't necessarily think this is Costa Rican, this is just a value that I have that I feel like is Like I said, it's not culturally based, but having clean air and clean water and access to beautiful nature and having a sense of community, having a multi-generational experience in life, having this fluidity between different languages, which I think brings about new tolerance and respect and compassion for others who are different. So all of those, I guess, are values and things that I hope my son grows up to value. It's interesting because, you know, he also is growing up in an age of technology. And even though he's in Monteverde, he can connect on the internet and play a video game with a friend of his in Canada. Um, You know, so there are things that um, technology makes more global in terms of his sense of identity, but I, I hope that he feels connection to his place that he's grown up. He, he did live the first six years of his life in Asheville, North Carolina, but I, I want him to feel that Monteverde is his home and to really feel proud of both of his heritages. So his Costa Rican side um, through his father and then his North American side through my family. And, and I think he does have that. I feel like as a 15 year old, you know, he's very much, he values his family. And, and so I think that's been something that I feel proud of as a mother. And, and also realizing, you know, how much he values time with my parents, with his grandparents. And, and he also, I think has, more of a pura vida attitude in the sense that he doesn't let things phase him. And when I start to get stressed about something, he has become sort of like my, like a stress relief for me. He'll remind me that it's, you know, things are fine or, you know, this isn't anything to worry about or, you know, so I think he's developed this sense of, um, being in a different pace and not feeling pressured from any kind of outside systems and expectations. And, and so I, I hope that he continues to live his life from his own value base and, um, and, and from his own dreams too, and not, uh, having to frame his life in terms of my expectations and what I want for him, but that as he grows into an adult, whatever lessons I can give to him, he can hold on to and then create his own life from that. I love that. So I'll give you the last word if there's anything else that you'd like to say or that you want people back where we're from to know about Costa Rica, about this environment, about what they can do to make the environment a better place. It's up to you. What I... I guess what I would encourage people uh, back in Missouri or whoever is listening um, is is to open open yourself to new experiences in terms of um, speaking another language or going abroad and and experiencing another culture. Those 
those two things alone, um, if you approach them with an open mind, can really just expand your personal experience and expand who you are. I've, I hear people refer to people like me sometimes as expats. I don't consider myself an expat in the sense that even if I've lived a lot of my Costa, my adult life in Costa Rica, I I feel very connected to my U.S. roots and to my family. And so I like to think of that term when I think of ex as like an expanded patriot. So um, expanding meaning that I can find fulfillment in, in multiple countries and that the sense of national identity has a some sort of space but the but we're really a part of a human planet and all of the social and political boundaries that we put on this earth as humans are are with within our own mindsets Costa Rica in the U.S., they don't require visas of the birds that are flying back and forth, right? So I, I think by seeing the connections that are in nature from one place to another, um, I just it, it would be really great to see a future in which um, you know people could have that same kind of freedom of movement and freedom of identity and and freedom of uh, you know recognizing value in multiple kinds of cultures and what you can learn from different cultures and um, sort of taking the best of both worlds. And with that, a cat has been spotted, so we are done. <gasps> come here, kitty. Uh, come to me, please. Hello, my little baby. Okay, that's rude. Oh, there we are. If only it was a video, I would put you on the screen. You want to say hello to our podcast friends? Yeah. No. Okay. And we out. Thank you for joining the podcast today. If you have someone that you think should be featured, visit me at Holly Enowski MAO on Facebook or at Ms. Gateway St. Louis on Instagram or shoot me an email.